Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Andy Anako. Hello, Yasmin. And Mr. Russell Ivanovich, not Ronald, Russell Ivanovich. Hello, Yasmin. This week, I in Russia. <laughs> No, not really. But hello, I'm, and thank I'm looking for. Oh, oh, sorry. I was too bad because I, I was. I was looking forward to hearing you keep that accent up for the next hour. I can do it. That would have been good. Don't make me. I've been that good. That, that, that's always my most favorite part of any movie in which someone is uh, a, a a supporting actress is getting her first starring role, and she chose to do a Brooklyn accent. It's like, okay, <laughs> I bet we can. I bet we can figure out which scenes in this movie were shot first by the scenes in which she actually maintains that accent. <laughs> Helen Hunt and as good as it gets was was a really great really great movie for that. I, I get a kick as well out of Australians like uh, trying to put on American accents in the movies. <laughs> How you all doing, y'all? Anyway, sorry, we have a show. I think that's just for you, Russell. I think that's just you. My bad. <laughs> so we have some pretty exciting news is that Google is testing their self-driving cars in Arizona, which is pretty awesome because that's where I live. So Google, if you're listening, and of course, you know, we all know how much power I have over Google, is that um, I think by next week, there's going to be a self-driving car just waiting for me outside my house. And it's just going to pick me up and it's just going to be like, beep, beep. And then it's like, yes, main. Our notification is going to pop up my phone. It's like your self-driving car is here to take you wherever you want. Um, <laughs> or is it more likely, no, I, as mean, that you'll get in and you won't know where it's going? It'll just be beep, beep, <laughs> the door will open, and you're like, oh, I guess I, guess I should get in. I, well, I like one of the jokes here um, in the outline, the show outline. It's a, Is it Google actually testing them, or is it that a few of them drove off Mountain View area and Google <laughs> can't make them stop, and so now they just said that they're heading to Arizona? They formed a union, they started to think for themselves, and they're going wherever they damn well please. But there was uh, actually a release, like a press release about it, um, which was pretty exciting, and, they, and it says... And I'm going to talk highly of Arizona because I live here. So, of course, this is all true. It says, Arizona is known as a place where research and development is welcome. Innovation can thrive and companies can set up roots, said Jennifer Haroon, head of business operations for the Google self-driving car project. The Phoenix area has distinct desert conditions, which will help us better understand how our sensors and cars handle extreme temperatures and dust in the air. This is very true. It is very hot here and there is a lot of haboobs. So it is perfect. It's actually a very interesting thing because, um, yeah, when you're driving in kind of sort of perfect conditions, you the car, the sensors are probably going to function to the most part pretty well. Um, but yeah, when it's uh, the, the haboob and it's like actually pretty hard to even kind of see in front of you, I'm curious of how the self-driving car will respond. Wait, wait a minute, Yasmin. For, for our non-long-time listeners, you have to tell us what on earth a haboob is. A haboob is just a giant uh, storm, oh, dust storm. That's pretty much what it is. So it's like this wall of dust that just comes forward and you can see it. Uh, one of my friends uh, actually did the time lapse for Haboob, and I'll put the show the link in the show notes of this like time lapse of you can just see this Haboob, which is this giant dust wall uh, overcoming the city of Phoenix, and it's pretty amazing. And when you're in one, it you yes, it's like a lot of dust, but I think it's a lot scarier when you're in the outside looking in and you're thinking, wow, that is a lot of dust, and I did not realize <laughs> like how how like hard how, how ugly that looks. What do you do as a driver if one of these things hits? Like what's what's your natural sort of thing to do? Turn on your brights. No, I'm just kidding. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not turn on your <laughs> brights. A lot of people make that mistake, but what actually happens is the same thing as fog is that it will reflect on the dust. Um, usually, I mean, you can see a, a little bit ahead of you, um, so you just have to be be cautious and careful of it. I'm I'm just wondering if this isn't the answer to the question inside at Google. Okay, look, is there any place in the entire country? where there are like no natural features, there are no pedestrians, <laughs> there are no bicyclists. We have to have a win here. Give us a, one scenario in which this car will not crash into something. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, Arizona, I think there's just cactus there. I'm not sure. Anybody who's out jogging at 110 <laughs> degrees, they probably, we can blame it on them. They're probably delirious anyway. <laughs> they probably just uh, went out there without any water. So we'll just blame it on that. I mean, not only that, but the press release definitely reads like someone did a deal with the state government. City government. I don't know what kind of governments you have in the US, but you know, there was a shake of hands. There was a maybe like an exchange of "We'll let you drive here if you say nice things about us." And Google's like, "Yeah, we can do that." 
<laughs> so everybody in Arizona, there's a, there's a number somewhere on a signed document that's not available for public access that so long as the cars do not kill more than this number, <laughs> they're not willing to make a big deal out of it so long as they manufacture like brake linings inside somewhere the state. And, you know, in Arizona and in most states, you have like really great public transportation in Arizona. The public transportation is not fantastic. I mean, we do have buses that go all, all across the city. And the thing with uh, Phoenix is that it's such a spread out city like New York. Yes, that, that's a big chunk of space. Um, but Arizona, like, didn't they didn't build up, right? They build uh, across, like, and so it's just a giant chunk. And so, like, it takes me about 40 minutes to get to work. So the Google self-driving car is, like, actually a perfect thing for this because there's no, unless I took the bus, there isn't any way for me to get to my work from where I am. And, like, yeah, they, they created the light rail, which is supposed to help some of that, but there's not really, like, a great, like, underground metro that really helps people get to work and the fast. So I think the self-driving car would actually do very well well here in Arizona. And so Google, if you're listening and you know, hey, you're looking for beta testers, I will gladly take one to work so I can uh, read up on some books or something while I'm while I'm uh, driving into work. I will have to check in on this next week to see if Yasmin has indeed got her self-driving car. I mean, the other reason I like this news is I'm not a millennial. I'm too old to be one of these fancy millennials, but I do feel like, you know, Google self-driving car project. What have you done for me recently? Like they've been working on this car for three, four, five, maybe, maybe more than that years. You know, we've seen, I've seen them driving around Mountain View with the spinny things on top of the, the Prius and that kind of thing. But I'm like, what have you done lately? Like, where's the actual self-driving car? Where's the plan to get it to, like, you know, commercial readiness? Show me something. So it's cool to see it, like, moving along. <laughs> I, I do. I'll, I will say that this will seal the deal for Material as the most single powerful podcast <laughs> on the entire sphere. Because let, let's, let's recap that... <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least Yasmin being the most powerful broadcaster. Yeah, I'd like to point out that only Yasmin has been getting the benefits she, she, so she far. Did, she, she, was not able, she was not able to collect her free burrito because of, of a Google slip-up. Someone at Google gave her like a Chipotle gift card. She talked about not being able to get into Google I.O. And then she got into Google I.O. If there is like a self-driving car that just adorable beep beep at 10 a.m. with a big bow on the hood. Oh, I would be so Every, happy. Everybody just give us your wish lists for, of things you would like her to. Uh, dear yeah, yes, dear yes, yes me. I've got, a, my, my paint is peeling on the left side of my house. Could you get Google to reside my house? Oh, that would that would be awesome. I will gladly bless. You could be the Oprah of the show. You could give people things. Like yes, once you've got everything yes. for yourself, then you can start to give it back out. And you get a self-driving car and I'll paint the side of your house. <laughs> and you get a Chromecast and you get a Chromecast and you get a Chromecast. Yay, everyone gets a Chromecast. <laughs> Those are the cheapest things. I think Google could probably give us some Chromecast to give out. So uh, yeah, I, 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 yes, that would be awesome. And then I could never like ever switched to doing Apple podcasts anymore because it'd be like, Yasmin, the the woman that had control over Google got the Google burritos, has switched sides. What is wrong in the universe? So, you know, Google, if you really want to hold me in forever, just give me a self-driving car. No biggie. <laughs> well, it, it, it would also be, you'd be like, you'd have the downsides of Superman where anytime there's anything that's not going right in the world of Google, Uh-oh. it's only because you personally are responsible for it because you didn't say... <laughs> Google, you know that that syncing feature between uh, non-Nexus phones and Google Drive? I want you to fix that. And it's, it's your job to make all those requests. I don't know if I want that responsibility. I've got to say, it, Yasmin, apparently Samsung released like a palm rejection update for the S7. I don't have it yet. So I'm having like palm issues. Also, and if you could, if there's something you could do to get that moving along, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. You know, that's it. Samsung. That's a whole different ballgame. I just, I, I deal only directly to Google, okay? <laughs> We also have some uh, great news is that a lot of you listeners have sent us pictures that your Teespring orders, your material podcast orders have shipped. Woo! And I actually did get uh, a notification that one of my orders shipped. I had I placed two orders and the other one still hasn't shipped, still printing. So if you haven't gotten the notification, it's going to be okay. The shirts are coming. So I'm pretty excited. So if you get your uh, material podcast shirts, please take a picture and upload them, them to Twitter. Send us, uh, tag us in there. And we'd love to see them. And we'd love to share them with all the other listeners. Yep. I got my my notification today as well. So I'm looking for, I'm put, marking the day on the, my calendar where I don't have to 
make sure that my laundry is completely complete because I know that I can just <laughs> go downstairs in the, in, the, in the t-shirt that I slept in, get the thing off the package, the, go inside, and just make a swap. That's the best day of the, of the entire week. Ooh, I just got mine as well. I'm I ready. Checked my email. There it is. I'm really excited. It's going to take forever probably to get to Australia. You guys will yeah, be wearing is it gonna them. Get It'll to be old hat and be like, I don't want to wear this anymore. And I'll be like, mine arrived. <laughs> <laughs> See, is yours going to get here before Google I.O.? That's the biggest Ooh, question. It's a race. A race. So, well, hey, the great material podcast shirt race. <laughs> I think you might win this one somehow. <laughs> Although, you never know. I can book a flight to like America and try and intercept it like a FedEx or DSL or something. <laughs> Just, just one other happy immigrant reaching the shores of, of America, <laughs> Ellis Island, clutching clutching a small bindle of possessions and a dream. Yours is simply to get the T-shirt that you paid for. <laughs> Thank you, America. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in in other news this week, we've had um, you know we've had some big um, flagship Android phone ship. You had the Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge. You had the LG G5, which the reviews for that, you know, started rolling out just recently. And, of course, the last shoe to drop is from a company, you know, everyone's been wondering, are they dead? Are they still around? It's HTC has formally announced their HTC 10. Um, some of the, the quick features in there, you've got a 5.2-inch Quad HD screen. You've got two days of battery life. You've got USB-C, thankfully. I'm glad that connectors, you know, started to roll around. Um, you've got a very similar camera to that in the S7. It's a 12-megapixel one with an f1.8 lens and importantly it's got optical Im image stabilization ois as the kids call it on the front and back which i think is interesting i don't think i've seen that done on the front camera before so now when you're taking your selfies with your you know shaky hand you better get crystal clear selfies which is pretty cool that, that, that's something we're seeing that's something we're seeing everywhere that's like uh, everybody's now basically giving in and saying, okay, we realize that you use the you use the, the screen camera much more often than the other one. So we will now give you, we will now give you a halfway decent camera on the front. I still remember the, the last uh, two years ago, the iPhone took crappy selfie pictures and I think they got a lot of crap for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes like that's like ridiculed or whatever, but I like it as well. You know, you hold your camera out, you can see exactly what you're taking. The subject is you, the most important subject in the world. And why wouldn't you want like a, a clear picture? There was a lot of, <laughs> yes, maybe it's holding up a selfie stick. Yes, that is another use for that. Oh, don't use that one. <laughs> I, it, it will be at I.O. <laughs> so the selfie stick. Get a, get, get a, get a better one though. I will, I, you, you showed, you you showed it on the screen. <laughs> I, know. I got, I, I, I got I to tell you, I did have like a couple of one of those, that, that same kind of holder. That's, it's, it's like a, a like a, a, a little grip that's on a spring. So you stretch it and then put the phone in and then it's sort of the spring holds it tight. The thing is though, it tends to weaken over time until it's like, it's like holding like an olive and pinching it in your fingers at some point your phone will go between the two and it will just fall and make you very very sad yes yeah, so i got I, I replace i replace it with one that costs like 40 dollars, but it's like a, it's almost like a phone torture 40 dollars. oh man Ooh. okay well oh, but, but it's metal it's like it's like if the, if the fbi put this phone in this in this device and just kept asking the question what is your passcode what is the passcode <laughs> with every turn the phone would have said i'll talk i'll talk it's 411815 <laughs> <laughs> Let me well, out. You, you have to send me a link to that because I know that our listeners are going to want to know what is that awesome uh, selfie stick that Andy is talking yeah, about. Yeah, I kind of want to know too. What does a $40, that must be like the Rolls Royce of selfie stick. <laughs> it's just like solid stainless steel. I mean, the other my thing that's... My, my phone costs more than $40 and therefore I think this is a very valuable purchase for me. No, as much as I laugh at it, I do agree with you, Andy. Um, Philip bought me a selfie stick um, one time, my business partner here at Shifty Jelly. And the front of it was so flimsy that you put a giant phone in there and you, you're terrified that, you know, you're holding this thing 10 feet, 12 feet in the air. You're like, if this drops out of there, that's bye-byes for like my phone. It's just going to smash on the ground. Oh, wow. Andy sent us a pick that. That looks solid. Okay. So it's like an adapter that you plug, that you attach to your phone and then that's what you mount onto the selfie stick. Is that yeah, what? You'll, okay. you'll, you'll still have to. I I don't own a selfie stick, madam. <laughs> but but I, I I like this. I like this one because, as you can imagine, I keep I go through so many different phones over the course of a month, and this one will fit all of them. But it's also in the in the pictures. I, I just I sent them a picture for my Instagram. I've kind of taken to when I'm using my phone as like my walk around camera. I'll actually wear it on a sling on my hip. And I don't. I can just drop it when I'm done, and it'll just ding, and I don't have to worry about it at all. That thing says like I'm going mountain climbing. It's, it's not like I've got a little yeah, tiny like dinky that's... selfie stick or something. I'm gonna climb some mountains. 
I think I need to upgrade my selfie stick. It was only $5 at Target. I, I feel like I need to get like a giant like tripod one that's like mounted onto my back. And I'm like, listeners, just get behind me. We will take a giant picture and we'll selfie stick this. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you're not driving, as long as you're not driving, just swipe um, wherever your show notes are in your podcast app of choice. And you've got to check this thing out. It looks really cool. Like it. So the the other thing about HTC phones that's kind of been a signature since they introduced boom sound is everyone was wondering like what are they going to do with the the speakers on the phone because HTC has traditionally always done something interesting with those. This time around they've gone for something different. They call it high res audio where they've put I guess the equivalent of a subwoofer in the in the bottom and like a speaker at the top where your speaker normally goes. And you know those two combined is meant to give you like a different kind of sound. Apparently twice as loud I'm told, but also I don't know, maybe like more fidelity across the the range of sound, I guess you could call it. I, I have seen sort of differing opinions on this. I guess we'll have to wait till someone plugs it in and we'll see if you can use it like a boombox or not. And then, I mean, the other thing that I'm super excited about as a developer is um, I watched a whole bunch of videos of people playing with this. I haven't held one yet. But the interface, a lot of it actually looks like stock Google. So when they're pulling down on the notification shade, it looks like the stock Google notification shade. When they're flipping through the list of apps, um, the other thing that HTC said is that, hey, we worked with Google to try and eliminate all these duplicate apps. So you don't have two phone apps. You don't have two contacts apps. You don't have two of like every app. You just have one app, which I think as someone who you know who currently runs a Samsung, I had to go and download an app from the store to actually turn off all the um, all the Samsung apps that you can't deactivate. I'm just going to look this up. So I found this app. It's called Easy Package Disabler. And it's I had to install this app. I had to pay a dollar for it or something on the store um, just to turn off all the Samsung's app. It's really cool to know that HTC um, has finally come around. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't need to ship HTC phone and HTC contacts and HTC everything else. Google has really good apps now. You know, why not use those? I mean, have either of you had a chance to, to look at this phone? What, what are your thoughts? I've seen it. It looks nice. It's just it's reminding me that... Uh particularly in Android space, all these phones are starting to look a lot alike. And yeah. the camera specs, is, my, my eye goes right to the camera specs. Uh, and 12 megapixel camera with a really open fast lens has uh, optical image stabilization, which is really, really nice. But otherwise features that we see a lot and given how easy it is to, if, if, uh, if I, was, I was actually reading a, a comparative review uh, in an on tech that does they do re- these really great tech reviews but the reviewer was I've, i took the same picture with these six cameras and i was disappointed that the nexus 6p camera it was a little bit darker it's like okay what's well, a little bit darker which means that in any of the million fo- in, in the every app that you're using to post this from you take this little slider and you make it a little bit brighter and it's going to be a much better picture and all that sort of stuff um the, the other specs are again pretty good uh it's a usb uh usb-c adapter with uh with quick charging Promising two days of battery life, 5.2-inch screen, quad HD. It's just – it's it's gotten both easier and harder for me to recommend phones to people because I really have to start saying, here is the Nexus 5X, here is the Nexus 6P. They're both excellent phones that uh, are very, very fast. They get updates uh, directly from Google, so there's no messing around with that. Uh, I have to ask questions now. What is it about this new Samsung phone that – would make you want to have this thing that has some upgrade, uh, let's, let's just say some upgrade questions in a couple of years that you won't have to really deal with uh, with a Nexus phone. So I, I like it. It's got some interesting stuff. I, I really like the, uh, in part of the, uh, uh, one of the things that they were talking about uh, in uh, additional accessories, uh, it has, as you say, it has high, high resolution audio, but you can also get USB-C noise canceling headphones. So they plug in, I think, through the USB-C connector where it's not only passing it as digital audio, but it's also getting power so you don't have to keep recharging these noise-canceling headphones. Uh, that's really swell. I think that's it's going to be great to have that as an option. There's been a lot of rumors about Apple, uh, for the iPhone 7. They've, any, anything, any way that Apple can remove a port and force you to buy something else to give you a basic <laughs> thing that you expect to get with it for free. Uh, and so there's a rumor that they're going to remove the headphone jack and make it all digital so you'll get a free pair of digital headphones but of course if you want another pair you're gonna have to buy something that's compliant uh so but otherwise uh, it it just again i just i I have a i always put myself in the position of let's say that you're recommending this to somebody if i'm writing the review i have to have a picture in my mind of the person that i would definitely recommend this to and it really comes down to 
do you think that the HTC 10 is prettier than this other phone that I think is okay? Then great, get it. You'll you'll be happy with it. But I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to see yet another company fall behind on fall in line on this idea of uh, now that now that Android's interface is not crap and it's actually quite beautiful, uh, we don't have to skin it. We don't have to fix it. We don't have to improve it. All we have to do is get out of its way, and that looks like what HTC is doing with the HTC 10. Yeah, and the in the HTC 10, they actually added a, a feature that I think it's it's the first Android phone to do this. They actually did native AirPlay audio support. Uh, now, AirPlay is the way that you can connect to your Apple TV and you can cast uh, some audio and, and videos and things of that nature. And in the past, I guess there's been apps that allow you to do that via the via, via the Play Store. But this one has the actually native built in, which is surprising. I don't know if it has uh, Chromecast built in natively. So that would be actually interesting because so for, for some phones, like, for instance, the Nexus phones, you could swipe down from the notifications and you have the ability to select, uh, you know, Chromecast, and it will actually Chromecast your entire screen. And in some instances, like, uh, I'm not sure if Samsung, maybe you can speak into this, Russell, has that built in. Because I remember uh, when I had my Moto X, the last year's version, there wasn't a native Chromecast support built in, so you can Chromecast your screen. And it was really frustrating because I was like, what? Like, no, they, not all phones have this? They, <laughs> you they know? all have that now, I think, from... I want to say Marshmallow onwards. I don't think it was okay, Lollipop. Cool. I think it was Marshmallow. The ability to not only cast from individual apps, but also cast your entire interface onto a TV. So the HTC 10 will, will definitely have that if it's a Google you know, oh, certified perfect, device. Perfect. So it'll be in there. I think it is interesting though because with AirPlay, you've got, don't forget, speakers as well. So I know a whole bunch of people have the, is it Airport Express? Is that the thing you plug in and then you can plug speakers into it? Yeah, that's a, that's Apple's own uh solution where it has a headphone jack and so you can basically use it as an audio receiver uh, and there are a whole bunch of third-party speakers that are uh, airplay audio receivers this is not uh, this new HTC phone doesn't do airplay video but it'll do audio uh, it's also interesting because uh, I've had access to airplay on my Android devices for a while uh, I use the double twist player that uh, has airplay support and uh, the thing is, though, a lot of these third-party apps, they do it sneakily. They can re You can reverse engineer and figure out how AirPlay works and create your own compliant solution. However, that means that if Apple ever changes the standard, it's just going to stop working, or if Apple just gets ticked off enough. Um, this is interesting because they're actually licensing the for real version of AirPlay and they're also from Apple, and they're also giving it parity with all the other streaming stuff uh, there. One of the one of the things that they seem to have improved the interface on there's a three finger swipe gesture that will uh, bring up a bring up a sheet that will give you uh, a, a basically streaming and, and broadcast sort of options and so you'll see airplay as part of that sheet parity with all with the uh, cast and all the other uh, built-in standards so it's smart it's there's there's if you're trying to promote your device as a uh, as, a, as a media powerhouse, and that's certainly what you want to do if you're going to be doing a, a special headphones, if you're going to have special audio, uh, there's you certainly want to make that compatible. And I guess, I guess to the point that I was making earlier about it's hard to tell the difference between a lot of these phones. I guess that does mean that for a lot of people, that's the way to sell uh, an HTC 10 to somebody who might have been buying a Samsung phone if they can see, oh, well, actually, I do have a couple of Apple TVs in the house. It would be nice to be able to use those as a broadcast thing without having to, okay, great, I don't, I don't really care either. Either way, I will buy it just so I can avoid having to spend $30 for a Chromecast dongle for the TV. Yeah, and HTC has always been uh, the carrier that's done really uh, weird weird things. Like they had the infrared um, for, for you to control your TV, like on Air the HTC. Yeah. And so it was, and it was actually one of the phones that um, HTC has been one of the phones that I've always kind of wanted just because I, I really like the look of them. I think it was maybe the, the M8, the Mate that came out that I was like, wow, that's a really cool looking phone. It's when they started the design with like all aluminum. And I remember wanting to get it and then they actually brought it to the Google Play Store and they did the like Play Store version. But a lot of the things that happen is when they brought those devices, like Samsung had one and HTC had one when they released them on the Play Store, like the unlocked, quote unquote, unlocked version, is that it had removed a lot of the features that you actually wanted from that phone. So I ended, I didn't end up buying one. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so they're, they're kind of one of those manufacturers that always just does uh, really interesting things with their hardware. And it's just kind of like, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, HTC <laughs> definitely. I mean, the other interesting thing about um, HTC is they also now have the HTC Vive. So they've partnered with 
um, Valve to do like a 3D headset. You know, they've partnered here with Apple. They've licensed AirPlay. It's it's interesting to, to see a company, you know, that small partner with all these big players and actually make, you know, some decent products. This is, I mean, this is a nice looking phone. And I know it's always been a favorite of, um, I guess, hackers and developers as well because HTC is one of the few companies that actually lets you unlock your bootloader. So for those of you that don't know what that means, it means basically you can, um, you know, turn off the security restrictions on the phone and actually install your own, you know, custom ROMs and firmware and that sort of thing on there without having to find, you know, other ways to, to crack it. They've always been pretty understanding about that. And I think even recently they've made that part of their warranty. So if you buy an unlocked phone from them and you want to put other stuff on there, they'll still, you know, cover the hardware and that kind of thing, which most other companies, you know, won't do. Yeah, I'm glad that it's that's part of the advantage of the Android ecosystem has always been that you you don't get to see just one company's vision of what a, what's important for a phone. You get to see three, four, five, six different companies uh, make that make that sort of case. And so it's nice to see that you're not sort of limited to just the Google Nexus and Samsung Galaxy uh, point of view. So it's it's always going to be important to have these other companies that are pursuing these other things. Uh, unlock having an unlocked bootloader that means that uh, when a third party decides to end support for certain updates of uh, of Android operating systems, it makes it super, super easy to switch to Cyanogen or some other ROM or some other uh, update vector. Uh, so it could add another two or three years to the life of the phone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing I am worried about, Andy, I don't know if it's a worry that much, but it's the thing now where, you know, back when the 6P came out and the 5X were like, you know, if you want to get an Android phone, get the 5X or the 6P, you know, pick the size, pick the price bracket that you're comfortable with. Now you've got the S7 Edge, you've got the LG G5, you've got this HTC 10. They've all got good cameras. They've all got good battery life. They've all, all these things that, you know, used to have to like, oh, I want battery life, but I want camera. Oh, I can't pick both. Now you can actually have them <laughs> yeah. all and you can have them all across four or five different phones. So now it is getting harder and harder to, to pick which one that, you know, you want to go yeah. with. Although you, maybe you can't get a slider keyboard. I did. I got a question from someone <laughs> off of Twitter who was like, I, why can't I find an Android phone with a slider keyboard? And I was Blackberry. like, okay, I've, 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 I've got four jokes I could make that are a kind of mean. So I'm going to say, I don't know. It's I, 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 So I actually looked around, and apart from the BlackBerry, I can only find like a whole bunch of like four-year-old, but now they're sold in a blister pack, and you can get it for ten dollars with a hundred minutes well, don't, don't forget that the blackberry that, runs the google as well so that that's an advantage <laughs> there you go. and that is you know i was one of those uh people that held on to that like, keyboard because i was like no i can type so much faster i had like the landscape keyboard um and when i finally made the switch to touch screen it was amazing so if you're listening out there and you were really looking for that one with the keyboard just go, just go all in with the touchscreen. The typing is awesome. You can even swipe and there's predictive text. It's great. And in order to help us buy those fancy new phones, this episode of material is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code material at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy to use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because it is the worth the effort. It is worth sharing to the world. Squarespace provides wonderful templates that are responsive, which means it's going to look great on your tablet or your giant uh, Android phone or even your small iPhone. It's uh, going to look great on desktop as well. All their templates are professionally designed regardless of skill level and no coding required. You can get your site up and running in no time. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and ensure sec security and stability so you don't no longer have to worry about uh, keeping your site secure and all the hosting when you finally hit it big. And all these things are just the beginning. Squarespace has tons of awesome features like 24-7 support with live chat and email. And they even have a commerce platform which allows you to add a store to their Squarespace site. And you can get that wonderful cover page, which is that single page just to get your message across. With Rock Salad Fast hosting and so much more, you can try out Squarespace with no credit card required. If you sign up a year, you'll also get a free domain, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. Start a free trial. Go to squarespace.com forward slash material. Make sure to use, or use the offer code material to get 10% off your first order and show your support of material. We want to thank Squarespace for all the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, you, you had a, 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 a. I want to thank you, Esme. You 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 sent me a link to something that I thought was super super cool because my favorite Android Wear watch manufacturer, uh, watch face maker, has just made a way to make even better and wonderful watch faces out there. 
Yeah, so Us2 has created some really awesome Android Wear watch faces. And, and Us2 is the agency behind that beautiful game, Monument Valley. So you know that they know what they're doing. They're just really building really cool, wonderful experiences. And uh, one of the neat things about them is that they kind of had this partnership with Google where they were creating a lot of the Android Wear watch faces. And some of them were some of my favorite. And their whole thing is that they want to reimagine time. And so in terms of how you think of time, you might think about it in the context of weather. What is the weather going to be like in 30 minutes? Am I going to need uh, an umbrella or things of that nature? Or, hey, when is my next meeting? So they really kind of are trying to think of th time and the, and the world that we live in with like the smartwatch. And so they, they come up with some really cool uh, watch faces. And one of the newest watch faces that they came out with, it's called FaceMaker, which allows you to customize some of the watch faces uh, that they already have created. And so I believe there's only two right now. It's uh, the trio and also the the like just the classic. Um, and so what that does is it allows you to choose two different uh, designs and then you can actually do some customization, so some variations in them to get what you like. So I actually did mine, which was pretty fun. And I'll show and I'll show the guys over here because, of course, you can't see it, listeners, but like it's hard to see but it, it allows you to like choose the colors um and one of the things with that's so cool about FaceMaker is that there has been a lot of apps out there that allow you to really customize and create whatever watch face you want but here's the problem most of you aren't designers hitler watch faces yeah. you can make hitler watch faces and put it on the, on the repository. oh gosh and it's and it's terrible do not do that um, we don't approve of hitler watch faces and so, I'm glad you said so I don't speak yes. for all three of us, but I think I speak for all three of us. So, uh, yeah, so us two doesn't allow you to do that, which is great. No, what I'm trying to say is a lot of you are not designers, and it's okay. We all have different skill sets, and design was not one of them. Okay. So, oh, the, what the, oh, <laughs> I'm that hurts, sorry, me. engineers. No, I'm kidding. You're wonderful product people. Uh, but what that means is that. FaceMaker us two has created that 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 watch sorry the the app that allows you to kind of cu customize it on your watch but they already give you some options so you can customize it but you can't really completely destroy it so it's like best of both worlds you get to create your own custom variation without creating something ugly so go go check it out it looks really nice. Uh, it's I, I was, when I was reading about it. They also have a really good blog post that, of course, I, if there's if there's anything that will give you faith in their watch faces on this app, look at the blog post that announces this. It's the most beautiful. <laughs> there, there are car companies trying to sell eighty thousand dollar cars that don't have like uh, websites that look as pretty as us two's like announcement <laughs> page. Um, but yeah, they're walking. Th you do it all on the watch. So you don't have to like flip. You can actually do it when you're bored in a bus terminal or whatever. You don't have to actually do it on the phone uh, and it really does look like it made me remember think about uh, Garanimals where you can so you can you can put you can pull any articles of clothing out of your closet so long as they all have the orange tiger label on them they will match and they will work together uh they're the uh, they've uh, it looks like they've done they've given you lots and lots of options but not the option of having clashing colors or clashing textures uh, there's a quote off this uh, off the page that says with a focus on personalization rather than customization facemaker is a curated on-the-go experience that makes it impossible to create a bad watch face <laughs> which sounds to me like a challenge <laughs> challenge accepted yeah, that's true, listen nerds. If you can download this app, see see we'll have a competition who can create the, the most hideous watch face. You know, tweet them at us. We'll uh, we'll curate them. We'll ha we'll have them there. I, these these look really really good. And this is I was so smug for the last two weeks having switched to the uh, the Gear S2 watch which doesn't run Android Wear. I'm like, "Haha, I don't need the apps and the watch faces are fine." And then literally this week, like this came out, I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's stuff like this that doesn't make me regret for a second switching back to uh, my uh, Moto 360 after a summer of wearing uh, the Android Watch. Excuse me, Apple Watch. It's I mean, they're they're nice, but God, every single month there's another absolutely gorgeous Android Wear watch face that isn't just cool or clever or it's boy, is it nice that there's a button there to doing that. It's just like if this were a two hundred dollar watch I could buy in a store. I would just be attracted to it thinking, oh, boy, I've got three watches, but I could afford a fourth. They're just pretty, pretty things. So they say that between the two S... <laughs> the, 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 only, the only stumbling point here is that 
rather than saying, oh, we've got these two basic styles, they, they're, they're calling them aesthetics. They're two aesthetics. <laughs> and and really, um, you should really go check this out because if you have an Android Wear watch and you want to customize it, I was uh, customizing one of the watch faces and it's actually like really intuitive. You swipe left when you decide on like, hey, this is the font choice that I want or and then you kind of and then it takes you to the next step. So it has all the customizations and it does it in a step by step basis. And it really uh, int- works really well with like the gestures that are already built into Android Wear. So it's super fun. Go check it out. And I am going to make all those Apple Watch users jealous uh, when I show my awesome watch face. But then they'll just show me their small size watch and then I'll just And uh, don't forget uh, w- <laughs> Wiggly Butt Mickey, who's a, uh, a staple yeah. of the Apple uh, Watch. You don't get him. Yes. Hey, we have Hello Kitty. We have Hello yeah. Kitty. We got everything. It's, I, I uh, Renee Ritchie, a, a good friend of mine, he, and he's a, he loves his Apple Watch, and, and, and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's a very lovable thing. But he was really excited when he figured out that uh, with a, with a recent update that wow, I can actually have like a background wallpaper, and I figured out a way to make custom watch faces. You see, now there's Superman on the background, and I'm like, oh, that's not sweet. You, you, you you're, you're able to put a paste a picture down under. Oh, that's. Well, let's put that on the fridge. That's wonderful. <laughs> like, covering my own wrist with I have I have spaceships orbiting around planets that move. And okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, this is, it's not a race. No, there's no winner. There's no there's no non-winner here. Uh, actually, well, there's a uh, there is a really uh, what I loved. I loved a great batch of announcements today. Today was seemed to be the day that Google decided to. Uh, take the wraps off of a huge initiative to make uh, all of their products and devices a lot more accessible to people with disabilities. This is one area in which they've uh, been, they, they, they weren't failing behind Apple, but Apple has been super aggressive in making sure that anything that you can do, uh, if uh, anything that anything that someone, a person with uh, vision impairments or uh, motor problems uh, can do anything on an iOS device or a Mac that someone who does not have those problems can do. So they've been kind of far behind. And I really do feel that when it comes to uh, accessibility of technology, there are always going to be uh, technical problems you have to solve, but it comes down to: Do you care about all of your users, or do you care only about those users that don't give you a whole lot of problems to solve? And it really, looks like Google has really let the really taken the wraps off of a lot of work here. Um, Google Docs is now wired up for voice control, so you can navigate the keyboard and do edits just by voice. It also works uh, with voice input. Uh, so you can dictate. Uh, there's a new beta of something that they've uh, – first public beta of something that they announced at Google I.O., a uh, new voice access uh, OS-level feature for uh, feature where everything on the screen suddenly becomes speakable if you enable this feature. Uh, so for instance, there's a, there are no voice commands for tap. So if there is like a labeled element, you can just simply say tap OK and the – uh, app will feel will will the 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 system will tell the uh, app that the OK button has just been tapped without the without the app apparently having to be rewired for that. Uh, also, it will annotate user interface elements with numbers. Uh, there's some if you go into the uh, the announcement uh, announcement blog page, there's some. Uh, uh, screenshots of it where suddenly uh, all these little like uh, material buttons have have little tiny little call outs four five six seven so you can say please tap button number seven there um, they're all the way down to uh, simple things like uh, it used to be that if you have uh, if you're a person with uh, vision problems you can set up the phone so that it's a lot more useful to you, but at some point you have you, you have to hand someone the box when you buy the new phone because you have to enable that feature and that feature is not findable by someone who has vision problems. And now these, these vision settings uh, are proud of the startup process for a brand new phone. So you will be able to simply uh, take, the, take the package out of the UPS person's hands, open it up, tear the shrink wrap off, and then actually start uh, setting up your own new phone. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see uh, what you're going to feel, uh, how, what you're going to say about this, Russell. There's a new app. You can actually download it off of the uh, Play Store called Accessibility Scanner that will scan any Android app on the phone and will suggest improvements to the user interface to enhance the uh, the uh, accessibility. Things like uh, here, here's a, a quote from the from Google's description on the Play Store: Accessibility Scanner suggests improvements such as enlarging small touch targets, increasing contrast, and providing content descriptions so that your app can be more easily used by individuals with accessibility needs designing for accessibility can allow you to reach a larger audience and provide a more inclusive experience yeah i've actually used this app this is the accessibility scanner we actually started using it 
um, a few weeks ago and it's really nifty. So what it does is it looks over the current screen that you're on and it can tell things like, hey, you've got some small text here against like you've got gray text against like a white background. Probably not the best idea. You know, people that are having vision difficulties aren't going to be able to read that or this text is too small or um, something I see a lot of developers do that that's really easy to fix is you have a button and to a screen reader, your button is just called button 12. And it's like, okay, button 12, what, what the heck does that do? Whereas you can just give it a label. You can say, you know, uh, add new podcast button or something like that. And that makes it infinitely more scannable because, I mean, there are all different types of accessibility options that people use. For example, one, I don't know if you guys have probably seen this, you can turn on the screen reader and then you kind of scrub your hand over the screen and anything your finger, sorry, not your hand, your finger, anything your finger sort of stops over, it'll read to you. It'll tell you, hey, you've, you've landed on a button and this button is called add new podcast. And then you double tap and you can, you know, go to the next page and it'll read you the page. It's like, hey, you've gone to a new page. And again, you can sort of scrub up and down with your finger. And these are things that Google is, is really starting to push, you know, with developers. The, the accessibility scanner is new. Um, some of these other things are, are definitely new, the navigating with your voice. Even though I know it was announced last year, it just seems like, you know, there's a, there's definitely a push towards those things that I wouldn't say hasn't been in there, there in the past. I mean, Google Android has always had accessibility, but it seems to be a renewed sort of focus on it, I guess. Yeah, and this is like a great tool for when you are designing and developing apps and if you as the UX designer, not speaking from experience, of course, you know, but if uh, maybe you're to, dealing with someone like uh, that's focused more on the visuals and you're like, oh, I really love this color, you're like, yeah, but on the, you know, the text contrast is not very good and it's going to make it really hard for people to read. And uh, because of this use case scenario, like we really should fix that. Um, and this gives you the tools to kind of go in there and do it within one tap, which is pretty, pretty awesome tool, um, which is, which is neat. I'm, I'm curious, Russell, was there any, a lot of things that you had to uh, change after scanning your app? <laughs> there was a lot of small, uh -uh. more things that we missed. So nothing major. Because, um, I mean, we have made our app accessible for a long time, but there was just some things that you miss. So the way I've always tested our app in the past is I'll turn on the screen, I actually close my eyes, and I'll try and navigate the whole app, you know, just using my finger. And obviously, I'm not blind, so I imagine that for a blind person to do that would be much faster than for me to do it. But I still want to confirm that I can actually do it, but there's still things that you missed. Like, we noticed a few buttons that we just hadn't labeled. So I think the search button was like button 13. We're like, oh, whoops, we should, we should probably fix that so people know what that is. Just small things like that. And there was a few places where it um, highlighted some legibility issues as well, like to do with contrast. So that, that was really handy because often when you go to like a, a designer, you'll say this looks a bit faint. And that's that's not really an objective opinion. You're just like, to me, this looks like it might be unreadable. And they can just say, well, to me, it's fine. It looks good. Whereas if you have a tool like this, it's like, hey, I flag this as being potentially unreadable. Then you've got some more I guess, weapons in your developer arsenal. I know, yes, I mean, this is a, a constant thing, you know, between developers and designers and UX people is like the more facts you can get on your side, the better. So I definitely exactly. encourage developers to, to download this. And it's really simple. So like it just, there's a button and then you uh, press on the button, you tap on the button and it like takes a screenshot of whatever page you are on. And then it gives you a, a list of all the issues. The funny part is that I checked it on the settings of uh, the Google, just the Nexus settings, and it gave me an issue that the that the gray was uh, not dark enough. There wasn't enough, <laughs> enough contrast. So, hey, Google. Uh, actually, a funny, really funny joke. One time I was giving a presentation of uh, this site that I felt like had really good UX, and I was going through it, and it was actually the Google Woman Tech Maker site, and I was uh, testing some of the color contrast, and I was like, actually... The contrast of this is not good. So a lot of people wouldn't be able to read it. Like, okay, I better go send a message to Google. Hey, you need to go fix that site. So yes, those things are important for people. I know it's uh, visually you think, oh, it looks a lot nicer, but really if it looks really nice, but your user can't use it, what, is it really achieving the goal? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it really is about making sure that all technology is available for everybody and if it means if it kind of offends someone's design aesthetic, then it's going to sort of have to. Uh, there, I remember a lot of the arguments that were happening when the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, started making requirements of here's what you can and cannot do in the design of a building, the design of a street, the design of this or that. And there were actually a lot of aesthetic complaints that well, we can't we can't really add this much clearance because of the proportions of the facade of this, that, and the other, and a lot of and there was a lot of nodding and a lot of. I'll, I'm, I have listened to your entire argument about this basis, and now this is the time which we say, 
we are going to have to deal with it because it's the <laughs> difference between someone being able to get into this building and not being able to get into this building. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's such an interesting topic. I really invite everybody, myself included, to read as much as possible about accessibility requirements because there's so many things you don't really understand until you start to see here is why, why is there an option in accessibility to, uh, uh, to mix all stereo audio output to mono? And that's because there's a bunch of assistive devices that work with mono inputs uh, that will uh, that uh, that uh, get kind of confused when you have stereo. Why is uh, why is there uh, uh, limits to thickness? Why is there uh, uh, why is there monochrome text needed? And it's not just for people uh, who have low vision. It's also the devices that some people use to uh, magnify and actually do uh, read text that's on a screen that these other devices can't work with. Uh, and just on and on and on and on. So it just it makes it makes me happy when you see that some when you see that uh, again a door that's been closed for a lot of people is being opened and it's not and and it's let's let's also call out that they are it's not it's often not because of companies that get it but because of people who fight for that and they shouldn't have to fight for it. Yeah, and one of the apps that has uh, made a change recently is Twitter, that they introduce accessible images for everyone, and you actually have to enable it. So the drawback is that you have to use the main Twitter uh, apps. You can't use like Tweetbot or um, Phoenix or Falcon Pro because they, they don't have that built in. But if you use the like actual Twitter app, the official one, you can actually add a description to your images, and you have to enable it in the features, and we'll, and we'll put a link of where you can do that, um, which is pretty cool because if you just you know upload a picture but hey people that are blind can't see what that picture is so if you have to add in a description so it's pretty cool that i think social networks are taking the initiative uh, to do that stuff because yes there is a lot of there are a lot of people on the internet that cannot read and that's why we have accessibility in place I keep actually I'm for the first time I'm wondering about how emojis play into all of this, and I know that uh, this there are standards uh, for emojis and there are standard names for emojis and they do take that into consideration. But uh, there was just an article today about how um, different operating systems render emojis in different ways, and because the human brain is wired up to sense to sense subtleties, what looks like Hey, isn't this really funny? I'm arching, I'm arching a little bit of an eyebrow because that's so funny because it's a little bit naughty. On one device, could found like, oh, I can't believe you said. Let's, you know what? Let's pretend you didn't say that because I, I don't even know what to say. For reason that. And, it, and it, and it's, it really does. I, I've never. I'm, I'd like to. There, there, are times when you're getting older that you decide. I am going to learn how to use Snapchat, but I've decided that I'm going to be one of those people who will never understand emojis and will never naturally want to use emojis. It was a really big deal when I stopped typing bracket G, close bracket, and I started typing ASCII, ASCII uh, grams. But I can't, I don't understand them, so I'm not going to use them. But it even makes me more confused when I don't see the emoji for the exact thing I want to convey <laughs> right now. The, the only time I use them is when I'm on Twitter and I need to knock another six letters off of something and that's the only way to do it yeah they look different across so many different uh platforms uh, even before because it just recently on 6.0.1 android they released like the updated emojis which included the unicorn uh, that apple introduced in, the, in their last update and so yeah before the pile of poop in on apple was this like funny poop looking thing with like, uh, you know, eyes and a smiley face. So it was kind of like this like silly poop. But on Android, it was actually just like a pile <laughs> of poop with like flies. And so we would always have this discussion uh, with my family who's like on Apple and we're on Android and we like send this poop and it'd, and it'd like be like, why are you sending me this pile of poop? And then she realized she saw it on Android and was like, oh, mine's like a cute poop. That one's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> But but they updated it, so it's good now. They they have the little <laughs> the little eyes, and it kind of looks like a baby. But um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. But yeah, my my thing for testing emoji, and if I don't know if it's working, I go into Slack and I put the emoji that I want to test because I'm gonna get the Apple version, and I'm like, okay, between those two different versions, I can usually come to conclusion that that's not the emoji I wanted to use. Uh, and I actually like Android emojis better. I think they actually uh, represent what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm still using uh, less than three. That, that's my heart. Then you've got uh, <laughs> semicolon, close bracket. That's the way you do like a winky face. It's, there's no misunderstandings there. 
I less than three all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wish I knew, like, how do I, 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 every time I use them, I wind up having to actually do like a, a Google search for emojis and then cut and paste. I feel as though I'm like the guy who's printing out his emails and then reading them and then dictating <laughs> a response to, to a personal assistance. Well, you've, you've got Google to do that now. That's built into uh, Google, uh, Google Docs. We should, um, we should try this for the next episode. I'm really fascinated by, um, got some of these commands in there, like insert table, you can, uh, copy you can you know page up page down i want i want to try this see if we can actually build an entire show notes document just with our voices i'm curious uh if you our listeners are are uh, visually impaired if they could answer our emoji question or yeah. things that they have issues with or things that they found that really useful i think would be really cool for us to hear so CNET came out with a complete list of OK Google commands, which, oh gosh, now I triggered my phone. <laughs> uh, so it's actually pretty neat because you can actually look through all the different commands and realize, I never knew Google could do that. Or, um, yeah. hey, that's that's pretty cool. Like this one where it says, show me emails from contact name. And I guess I always knew that it could show you the emails, but I never even considered to uh, search via voice for it to show me emails. Yeah, and a lot of these are uh, if if there are times where I've complained that oh I just I would I'd use it more if it didn't require me to use the special kind of phrasing, but I didn't know you could do things like uh, tell me how to get to place by walking as opposed to by driving, uh, that you can actually string these things along uh, the the way that you want. Uh, it's it's too bad you, there, because there isn't Google now isn't like a panel of buttons that you can press. You can't just walk through the interface. There, they could add like a hundred different commands to this, and you never know until somebody actually blogs about it. Uh, I just I just got a uh, I just started being more aggressive about having smart home devices or smart home lights, and so now I'm getting very more very much more familiar with uh, Google Now commands for turning lights on and off. Uh, and it's, maybe it's the, maybe that's the last known bastion of having to read user documentation because there's no way you're going to figure that out until you until someone until uh, Doctor Doolittle explains to you how to how to talk horse. I love uh, voice commands, and I I think I would control like mo I could do, if I could do most of my things via voice commands. I totally would. Of course, it would probably be in the comfort of my own home and not when I'm out in public because I don't want people to look at me. I think the the most frustrating part for me is that the voice commands. The phone can do them well, right? But like sometimes the Android Wear Watch can't do all the list of commands. And what I wish it would do is if it can't uh, actually do the command from the phone, that it would just pass it over, or sorry, if it can't do it from my watch, that it would pass it over to my phone and then give me the answer. But sometimes what happens is like I'll trigger my watch and then I'll be like, sorry, I can't do whatever you're asking me to. And I'm like, oh, just, just send it over to my phone. You already have the data. Um, so I hope that those can interconnect a lot more because the most frustrating thing is like having to repeat yourself. But I, I think um, voice commands are so much faster than actually having to, to get your phone out and do something. Yeah, I don't know. I could do some of these things. Like you can say, turn on flashlight. Turning on flashlight. What? What? I got, I got, I, I, that's, here's a crazy one that I found here. Metronome. Oh, and user interface, 120 beats per minute if I type play. Metronome. Oh, snap. <laughs> Wait, we can, we can do something here. I'll go to, I've got 120 as well, but I'll offset from you. Okay. I have a super, uh, one of the, gosh, I could just hear this. <laughs> Come on, Yasmin. Uh, yeah, can I keep That's on beat? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody saw the thing you did, listener. You got away with it completely. <laughs> All you have to do is tell your conscience that he had it coming. Oh my the way gosh, that he did you about? in to get that promotion, he'll find another job. And nobody really believes he was behind all those thefts. He's all going to work out all right. No need to feel guilty. I wish you could see this, listeners, because uh, it's, uh, you know, Andy's doing his, like, voice, and it's kind of creepy, and Yasmin just has her face covered in her hands, and Russell is moving to the beat. Uh, <laughs> listeners, we got some we got some cool hosts, and one day, one day you will see us. But my favorite, okay, here is my favorite voice command, and I didn't know you could do this, but you can. And my biggest pet peeve was always, you know, you would have multiple shopping lists, 
and you would have to say like add blah 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 like remind me to buy milk when I'm at Trader Joe's next or yada yada well the frustrating part is that they would come up as notifications so like sometimes you would just have this giant list of notifications when you've really wanted a list well one of the listeners gave me this tip is that you can actually in, in Google Keep you can create a list. So say, for instance, you have a list called uh, Target. So you would say, okay, material, add milk to Target list. And it would, it's going to add it as a checkmark item. And then next time as you're going on the next day, you realize, oh, man, I'm all out of shampoo. And so you say, okay, material, add shampoo to Target list. And it will add it as another list item under your, your list and keep, your Target list and keep. And if you don't have like a Target list or anything, it will create a new list with that name. So it's super, super awesome. And I know that Russell's favorite, all-time favorite voice command is, okay, material, Post to Google Plus because that is the one he uses the most. If Google have some analytics on that. I'd love to see how many people have used that. <laughs> and I, th- um, I, th- I think Google now is is programmed to. I, th- I think it's programmed to say, you know, there's no need to be sarcastic. <laughs> A lot of people here work very hard on Google Plus. Hey, why don't I, oh, I'm sorry, it's not as good as the social network that you made. Oh, wait a minute, let me Google that. You didn't make one, did you? <laughs> Uh, point taken. Point taken. <laughs> and you know what I want, Google? The next command that I would really like is, okay, material, close us out. And you would just close us out and you would say, slay a material, because that would be awesome. I want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you? Well, let's, let's, just, let's just be clear. Give her the car first. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, yes please give me the you car don't, first. Don't, 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 the you don't waste your wish. <laughs> This can wait. This can wait. Just give me the car first. <laughs> well, you'll have to if you can spell my last name, you can get, you can see me on Twitter. I'm I'm at Anatko on Twitter or you can check out my blog at anatko.com which usually has links to my Chicago Sun-Times columns and other kinds of stuff. And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter and you can send me suggestions for the things you'd like um Yasmin to to, you know, Suggest to Google Next. And the reason you should send no, it to me no, is because now that Yasmin's so important, she's probably not going to reply to your tweets anymore. <laughs> she's going to be too busy you know, demanding things of Google. But I, I will try and get them on the show on your behalf. I, you know, we've actually have gotten emails where people are like asking us to talk to Google and I'm like, I really don't have that much power. I'm sorry. I wish I did. <laughs> don't, don't ruin it, Yasmin. Don't oh, don't ruin, do it. ruin it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter where you can find me, uh, you know, just dancing in my Google, my self-driving Google car, eating a free Google bur- burrito and just uh, enjoying my Google life. And you can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. You can send us some information or feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can sponsor this wonderful show if you really, really, really love us at relay.fm forward slash material. Become a member and support uh, the support us directly. That would really help us out a lot. We are looking. Yes, you can. It's not a self-cleaning car. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just reading out loud. This is why I don't read Slack when I'm recording. <laughs> Until next time, slaying material. Actually, yeah, that is a great question. Who is going to wash right, my car? Slaying material. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Who is who cleans a self self driving car? <laughs> do they like go into their the drive through cleaning and just like? Do, 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 just getting a wash while you're at work that'd be perfect that almost you know sounds what? like an google, existential question if you can if, if the car is driving itself who's cleaning the car Ooh, i want to create self-driving car with like self-driving car goes to the grocery store and someone puts in the groceries that i selected on my phone and places them into the self-driving car that would be wonderful I will yes make this happen Google please please please. It's, it's, there, there's a lot of possibilities there. I uh, I haven't decided what car I'm gonna get or when I'm gonna get it, but I do like the Honda element. It's just the idea of open the doors, <laughs> just fire the hose inside there, <laughs> close the doors because the floor mats are all like this sort of like industrial rubber sort of. It's designed to be hosed down. <laughs> Are we good to break to add? Or 
I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was just such a there was such a delightful <laughs> lack of a pause between the end of your thought and. <laughs> Wow, you actually have a hand crank that scrolls your scrolls your windows for you. <laughs> your mouse thing is loud. That, that's, isn't it? that's the most mechanical sounding scroll wheel I've ever heard. Oh, that's my I, mine. I know it's terrible. It's, oh, no, I didn't, it's my vertical I mean, mouse. That's, all just, <laughs> it is the loudest it's like, thing. It's, 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 like, it's like you've got child labor doing your scrolling for you, like Victorian <laughs> ragamuffins. Up, up, I said, it's, faster. It's the only thing that keeps my hand from hurting, and it's yeah. okay. Like you can say this for the end because people need to hear this. It's uh, ovaluent or uh, ovalent mouse, and it's the only vertical mouse that I found that really like helps my got hand. Two mice and kind of melted them together. Like in yes, and it's it's vertical mouse, and I love this thing. But it is the this thing has given me like the most crap with connecting to <laughs> my computer. You know how many times I've had to return this mouse. Thankfully I bought it at Amazon where they were just like, Hey, it's not working. Okay, fine. We'll send you a new one. Um, but I wish there was another solution because yes, the scrolling, the scroll is like so loud and obnoxious. Like, Oh my gosh, how old is your mouse? But it's the only thing that keeps my, my hand alive. So there we go. If you are having uh, wrist or arm hand problems from using your computer, I will put a link of this uh, mouse and we'll cut this out in the end so it doesn't interrupt our normal Google programming. <laughs> the other advantage is that it looks a little bit like Jabba the Hutt's Imperial Barge. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. And color scheme. It's, uh, they have, so this one is connected via USB and they do have a Bluetooth one, but I guess there has been some connectivity issues. Um, you, you're saying it's connected by a USB, so. but there's no cord coming out. Have you, have you unplugged so, this? Uh, the like, sorry, wireless USB. Oh, like it, it comes yeah, with a little yeah, okay, uh, okay. USB adapter, yeah. and they do have like a Bluetooth version, but that one uh, people complained about it. Yeah, so so anyways, there's that. <laughs>